The Bible tells us that God has revealed himself to us in several ways. Generally in creation, we we are to be able to just look at God's creative work and know that there is a God. He's revealed himself to us in his son as we celebrate today, sending his one and only son to earth. And he's revealed himself to us in his written word. And there's no better thing to do on Christmas Day than to take some moments and focus in on what God has said to us about his one and only son. And I encourage you today to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 as we look at what God has told us about the significance of today. We're going to look at a very simple message that was given by an angel to some shepherds. Very common people. Most likely, this all-important message was given to shepherds because it's a message for everyone. It's a message of joy. It's a message of peace. And that joy and that peace that we're going to read about here in Luke 2 is not the result of a holiday. It's not result of being with family or not being with family. It's a result of being in relationship with a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And as we celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating God's provision of peace and joy to us in a person. I'm going to read Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. There's all kinds of things we do in celebrating Christmas this time of year. We bake, we eat, we give presents. Some of us even watch Christmas movies. They've been particularly bad this year. One that I saw featured a hurting family. And they were in the depths of pain and nothing seemed to be able to give them happiness at Christmas time 
until the father of the family went to the attic, found the long-forgotten Christmas decorations, brought them down from the attic, put them out, and the family all experienced the warmth of Christmas. Well... Those of us who live in real life know that there's not enough tinsel. There's not enough decorations to put on a dead tree or a fake tree that somehow is going to bring the warmth of Christmas. It doesn't happen. But there is hope that we celebrate today. And that hope is not in a gathering, it's not in a festival, it's not in a holiday, it's not in what lies underneath a tree, it's in a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And as these shepherds were told by this angel, the entrance into the world of this little baby is... Truly something to celebrate. It is our source of joy. It is our source of peace. This entrance into the world, as the angel put it, by our Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And as this angel is going to tell us in verses 8 through 11... This entrance of this baby is cause for joy. Now there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is a feeling that's contingent on circumstance. But joy is a settledness. Joy is not contingent on circumstance. Joy is only the result of a person. Here we find, as chapter 2 opens, the Christmas story that all of us in this room are, are familiar with, where we are told that Caesar has ordered a census be taken, which would have been for the purpose of taxation. And in order to fulfill the requirement of Caesar, one had to travel to their home. The place where the family inheritance is. And for Joseph, that was Bethlehem. Because verse 4 tells us he was of the house and family of David. And so Joseph and Mary traveled to Bethlehem. And as we know, and I think Pastor Chris focused on last week, even here we see fulfillment of Old Testament scripture that had been prophesied hundreds of years prior. Micah 5.2 tells us that the Savior, the Messiah, would come out of Bethlehem. Here we are told that Joseph traveled with Mary who was engaged to him, verse 5. And we know from Matthew chapter 1, verse 25, that Joseph had no relations with Mary until after Jesus was born. 
And they traveled to Bethlehem. And we see in verse 7 that she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And as that scene is being played out, we come to verse 8. And in verse 8, we are told that an angel appears to shepherds. And we are also told in verse 9 that an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terribly frightened. You see, something's happening here that has not happened for over 500 years. Israel, the nation of Israel was always confident that God was with them because God literally made his presence known with them. And as the tabernacle, Israel's place of worship, and later the temple was built, God, in a visible way, allowed his glory to be witnessed in this shining And we can't grasp totally what this was like. But somehow, there was a visible presence of all of the glory and magnificence of God. And that visible presence, this bright shining, actually rested in the tabernacle and later in the temple. Until Ezekiel chapter 10 tells us that around 500 years prior to this... God's presence left the temple. And for an Israelite, it was in a very real way, knowing that God wasn't in our midst anymore. 500 years passed by. You would think that God's glory would be made evident to some of the greatest religious leaders of the time. But no, God chose to allow his glory to be seen by very common people, just everyday people like us in this room, to some shepherds. And most likely the reason that the glory of God was demonstrated to shepherds was because of the message that was shared to them. Because the angel told the shepherds, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Well, what's that good news that goes on to tell us in verse 11? For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. There's three different titles there for this new baby Jesus. For three different uh, descriptions of him. He's called a Savior or a Deliverer. We know from Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 that this baby is the deliverer of sin. He's a savior from sin. He's God's answer for our sin problem. 
It also tells us that he is referred to as the Christ. That is the Greek equivalent to the Hebrew word Messiah. He is the long-awaited promised king who will sit on David's throne in fulfillment of 2 Samuel 7 forever and ever, who will reign over God's kingdom forever and ever in peace. And here, the angel identifies this little baby that's just been born as the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ. The fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And it also tells us He is Lord. He is God Himself with all the authority of God. That's who who was lying in that manger. Notice the message that the angel said in verse 10. Don't be afraid, for behold, I will bring you good news of great joy. Great joy. Joy is not contingent on circumstance. Joy is a settledness. Joy is knowing that a person is right with God. Several weeks ago, the pastoral staff here at Faith Bible Church went up to Wisconsin to a little conference for a couple of days to a wonderful Christian camp called Camp Forest Springs. And one of the features that they have at Camp Forest Springs is some of the buildings are connected by a tunnel. Massive concrete tunnel. And when you are in the tunnel, it makes no difference if it would be 30 below zero with 60 mile per hour winds, with snow coming at such a rate that you could not see the hand extended at the end of your arm. It makes no difference because when you are secure, your security is not contingent on circumstance. And one of the things that the angel tells us here is that this message that there has been an entrance into the world of a baby who is Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, He's God Himself, that is Joy. The Apostle Paul talks about joy in the book of Philippians. And it's really interesting that he does not connect joy with our circumstances. Some holiday, if things are going quote-unquote good or bad in our lives. Look at what the Apostle Paul connects Joy with. In the first passage in Philippians chapter 3 verse 1, to rejoice is a command to be joyful. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Chapter 4 verse 4 says, rejoice, be joyful in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. You see, having joy is not an attitude. Having joy 
is not somehow us having the right mindset. Joy comes in relationship with a person. The person of Jesus Christ. And the angel here links joy with Jesus' entrance into the world. As Savior, you see, our joy rests in the fact that we don't bear our sin anymore when we believe in Jesus. He is our Savior. As Christ, He is our assurance that all of God's promises always are fulfilled. Those Old Testament promises of of Micah 5 saying that He'd be born in Bethlehem in a myriad of other ones, come to fulfillment in a person. Those promises of a Messiah come to fruition in Jesus Christ. And it tells us He is Lord. He's God. And so we have good news. Good news that enables us to experience joy, a joy that does not It's not based on what we experience in our everyday life. It's joy in a person. And coupled closely with joy is peace. We go on to see the angel tell us in verse 12 that this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among men with whom he is pleased. You see, we not only have joy available in this person, but there's peace available In Jesus Christ, God's peace is available to all of those who respond to Christ, the Lord's coming to earth. And here we see this message that not only joy, but peace is available in a person. As the angels of heaven, address earth. There is a call to praise. Give praise, give glory to God in the highest. Why? Because on earth there's peace available. Among men with whom he is pleased. Among those who recognize This special gift that God has given in His Son, Jesus. When I was a kid, I had a lot of fond memories. One of my most fond memories is our meals. There were four of us children and my mom and dad. My father traveled a lot, but when he was home... We always ate together. And we had fun. 
at especially at mealtime. Except when we had a family blow up right before mealtime and it was time to eat supper and the family issue had not been resolved. I hated those times. I'm guessing most of us in this room know what those are like. When you're all seated around the dinner table and no one is talking, and it's like those of you in my era know the show Get Smart and the cone of silence would come down. And there would be individual cones of silence over each person at the table. And there was just this thickness in the air. And you couldn't wait to get away from the table because you knew that things weren't good. Oh, I hated those times. Just that feeling of knowing that things aren't right. And you know, the Bible tells us that's the exact position that each and every one of us are with God. Things aren't right. The book of Romans in the third chapter tells us that none of us are right with God because each of us have sinned. We've done things, we've thought things that, that go contrary to God's character his attributes, and his revealed will. And because of that sin, the Bible tells us that we are separated from him. It's almost like we are here, and God's over there, and there's this wall between us. Just like that wall between a family that, when things aren't right... And the problem is, we can't fix it. We can't be a good enough person. The book of James in the second chapter tells us that that if I could obey every one of God's laws and then just disobey one of them, I'm guilty of all. I can't fix the problem. But what God did in sending this baby is he made it possible for the problem to be fixed for us. And what he did is he he sent his only son, the second person of the Trinity, who enjoyed all the glory of being in the presence of the Godhead. And Philippians 2 tells us he laid all that aside so that he could come to earth and be born in this stable. So that he could be man. Why did he have to become man? So that he would be able to be a substitute for you and for me. You see, God is completely holy. There's no sin in him at all. And because of who he is as our creator, and because we sin against him, all that we deserve is punishment from him. He has to punish us. There has to be a place called hell because of God's holiness. But God doesn't want anybody to go there. The only reason people do is they choose to. 
God wants each and every person to experience the peace and joy that's expressed here. And that comes through that son. So what God did is he took his one and only son and sent him to earth so that he could take all of God's anger and wrath towards sin upon that son. And that's why Jesus came. That's why this angel says, hey, this is good news. Because we aren't stuck anymore. We, We actually have a Savior who's entered the world. And when we put our faith in that Son, who this passage tells us is God Himself, That payment for sin that he did for you and for me when he came to earth and then died on the cross, that's credited to our account. That payment makes it such that I can be right with God. There's no wall in between anymore. And there's no source of joy and peace Available to people other than a person. Because it's God's provision for joy and for peace. That person is Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate. And the joy and peace that's available to us, that settled us to know that we are right with God, is available as a gift. It's accepted by faith. The Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, in the second chapter, these verses. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. There's no greater gift that's ever been given on Christmas than the gift of a Savior. And that's the gift that we celebrate today. Well, how do I get the gift? Through faith. Through finally coming to the point, and each and every one of us, we can do this in the quietness of our own heart by just coming to God and just saying to God, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve nothing from you except wrath. But I also know you love me. And you sent your son Jesus to pay the price for my sin. And I'm putting my belief in him today. Taking the dependence of my life off of myself. I know I can't be a good enough person. And I'm putting all of my dependence, my trust, my faith in this person, Jesus Christ. I believe that he is God. I believe that he came to earth for me. I believe that he died on a cross. I believe that he rose again from the dead. And at that point, we enter into right relationship with God because of what he has done for us and his son. Many of us here this morning have already made that most important decision of life. Let's not lose sight of the fact, of the message of the angel, that joy and peace is in a person. Regardless of how your day unfolds today, we can have joy in a person. Because in him... 
our sin is forgiven. In Him, we have assurance of the promises of God. In Him, we are in right relationship with the Father because God the Son died for you and for me. And if you're here today and you have never come to that point in your life where you've put your trust in the person of Jesus Christ, I encourage you today, what better day to come before God and say, I believe in Jesus. I'm putting my trust in him for the forgiveness of my sin. The day that we celebrate this greatest gift that's ever been given. I'm going to ask you to stand and ask our worship team to come. And and they're going to lead us in a closing song. And as they come, I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you for this greatest gift that's ever been given. The gift of Jesus Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.